Fundraising everywhere. 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 Welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast, where we give you a glimpse into one of our amazing webinars or conferences. You can check out one of our full sessions and get a 50% discount by using the code FEPODCAST at fundraisingeverywhere.com. Yep, just head to the Fundraising Everywhere website and use the code FEPODCAST at the checkout to get 50% off any of our sessions. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. We have people tuning in from across the lands today. Um, if you haven't said where you're tuning in from today, do just pop it in the chat box. Great to see you all here. Um, and I'm really, really excited for this session today with Matt Collins um, for two reasons. First reason is Matt is just brilliant. Second reason is I really need to know more about Google Analytics more, <laughs> like the rest of you. And I'm head of growth marketing at Fundraising Everywhere. So like this, this is definitely my bag. Um, a little bit about Matt. So Matt is a managing director of Platypus Digital, for those that aren't familiar. Um, and Platypus Digital is a B Corp um, and a digital marketing agency dedicated to working um, for charities. Um, they have delivered digital work for over 170 charities, including Battersea, British Red Cross, Sightsavers and many more. Matt has appeared on lots and lots of like interesting places <laughs> to talk about his work. Um, the latest is fundraising everywhere, of course. But he's also appeared on Sky News, CNN, LBC, um, and has written uh, for The Guardian about you know the latest trends in the charity digital world. So we're really, really lucky to have some of his time here today. Um, so a bit about the webinar. So we know that Google Analytics 4 is coming whether we like it or not. <laughs> You've probably all had the email from Google, um, which tells us that our universal analytics will make the switch on the 1st of July. So yikes, uh, my tummy did do a little flip when I saw that. Um, this session will be a quick overview of the new analytics interface, a selection of the things that have changed, and also the reasons why doing the automatic switchover um, is letting a removal company who doesn't care about your stuff move house for you. So um, without further ado, um, I'd like to welcome Matt on stage. Cool. Thanks, Alex. So here we go. Um, this is what Google Analytics 4 is like. Uh, it's like an enormous primate on a tricycle chasing uh, a young person who's literally anyone who works on a website down a path. Uh, it is coming, whether we like it or not, as Alex says, and um, but that doesn't mean that it's not an exciting opportunity. It is an exciting opportunity. Like all change in the digital world, it's got more exciting things ahead of it than um, pain in the arses uh, to, to get there, basically. Um, so, cool. Uh, hello. Uh, so, I'm Matt. I'm Managing Director of Platypus, as Alex says. I won't go on too much about myself. I'll try to tell you as much as I can about Google Analytics uh, for today. Apologies in advance if I have to stop for a drink halfway through. I'm a tiny bit under the weather uh, at the moment. And so if I drift off into some sort of reverie, it's not because I'm thinking about custom events or Google Tag Manager in a very deep and um, thoughtful philosophical manner. 
Uh, it's just because I'm getting a bit tired. Um, but I think we're all good. It's an exciting topic. So this is about half of Platypus. Um, that's me in the back there. Uh, we're a digital marketing agency for charities. And Google Analytics for migrations is one of the things that I did a team does a lot of um, at the moment. Um, as you can imagine, there's lots of people you need to get there. Um, Google Analytics migrated over, so that's one of the things that the team is busy doing. And so that's why we're talking about it today. But before we talk about Google Analytics for specifically, let's talk about a moving house story. So this is Yvonne. This is my um, dear mother-in-law. She's a fantastic person. Um, up until the 1st of March, she lived where I lived, um, Beckenham, um, in South London, just near Crystal Palace, uh, where she's lived for about 40 years or so. And uh, very recently, she decided to move to be closer to her uh, other daughter. Uh, I'm married to one of her daughters, but her other daughter lives in uh, a little town in Dorset called Yetminster. Uh, this is a picture of Yetminster at rush hour. It's a very busy and exciting place, as you can see. And she decided she wanted to move down there. A uh, big life change um, in her retirement and uh, a really exciting opportunity for everyone uh, involved. But of course, if you've moved house any time in the last five, ten years, maybe in your whole lifetime, you won't have forgotten what's involved in an, in an endeavor like that, especially if you've been in that house for a very long time, as Yvonne has. You've got to go up into the attic, which might not be as clean uh, and tidy looking as the attic in this picture. You've got to dust down things that have been up there for an awfully long time. You've got to sort through boxes that you forgot existed. You've got to get out old DVDs that don't even have a DVD player anymore. You've got to um, chuck away games that don't that are for consoles that don't exist anymore. You've got to decide what's got to come with you and has a place in your new house. Basically, you've got to do a whole load of tidying and sorting. And that's what Yvonne had to do. She ran up into the loft. She got an awful lot of boxes down. I helped with a lot of boxes. Um, my job seemed to be taking a lot of the stuff that she didn't need and wasn't coming on the trip to the dump near us, um, getting rid of it on mass, recycling some others and packing some other things into nice, neat little boxes. These are, these are the things that were going on the trip to Yeminster. And of course, there's an awful lot of them in a house like that, um, especially when you're on your own. Um, as she is. So she packed all of these things up that she needed. She got rid of all the things that she didn't need and she dusted a load of things down. Now, for the things that she was going to move, she, like all of us, if we're moving house, have a couple of options. The first option is to use uh, a removal company that offers a gold star service. That gold star service is going to involve uh, talking to you about what you need to move packing all of the big things that you, you're not able to pack yourself for you, you know, big furniture items, things like that, boxes you can't move yourself, um, talking about what needs to be moved in what order and what time, packing everything into the vans uh, the day before, very carefully driving it down to um, Yetminster uh, the next day, and in the Gold Star service, not just taking all the boxes into your house, but unpacking them for you in the places that you say you need them, or at least putting the boxes onto the surfaces where you'll be able to do that process yourself over a number of days. That's a gold star service, if ever there was one. For alternatives, like I guess it would be for everybody, is to use a packing service that you've never met before. You don't even get to meet before the packing day arrives. They don't care what's in your boxes. They don't care uh, what's breakable. They don't care what's not breakable. And they're just going to move things at the speed that they want to move them. 
Um, we can't show animations on this, but the animated version of this involves uh, this chap throwing these boxes onto this travelator uh, right here. Uh, they're being bounced to the side. They're falling off. Occasionally things are going up, but the things that are in the boxes are probably not in one piece by the time they get to the top. Um, she could have done that, but of course, being a sensible human, she's the gold star service. She moved everything down there. Um, and now she's all happy, happily in her new house with um, nothing broken uh, in transit. So why am I telling you all of this? What does that even mean? So the, it's, a, it's a very elaborate parable, essentially. So the old house in Beckenham that she moved from is Google Analytics 3. All of the dusty things in the um, attic were the various settings in Google Analytics 3. The new house in Yetminster, her destination was Google Analytics 4. The 1st of March, which is the moving date, is the 1st of July, which is the time that Google is going to move everything over to GA4, whether we like it or not. The attic, as I said, is the old goals, is the old conversion, is the old codes that you set up to make all of your Google Analytics settings work properly. The gold removal service is a fully, fully planned migration from Universal Analytics over to GA4. And the random removal service, the people you've never met before, is an automatically created Google Analytics for property, which if you don't do a planned migration over to a GA4 property that you set up, is what you're going to get. Essentially, you're going to get everything just ported over to what Google's algorithm thinks you mean in the new setup. But the new setup and the old setup are not very similar. So it's a very good chance that things are going to break in the process. So before we go any further, just a very quick disclaimer. Hopefully it won't be too uh, important. I'm not a developer myself. Um, I you know, do work with um, data teams and so on. But if you have any super, super technical questions about GA4, uh, I may not be the absolute best person to answer them. Um, I can certainly talk to the people who are the best people to answer them and come back to you. Should any such questions arise, totally cool if they do. Um, please ask any questions that um, come to your mind. Um, but I may not be able to answer absolutely all of them. Best to be transparent rather than pretend I know absolutely everything there is to know about Google Analytics 4, Google Tag Manager, and the like. So this is what we're going to talk about, a little bit about why this is happening. Like, why are we making such a big move? Why is Google, why is Google doing this to us? Um, we'll talk a bit about what GA4 looks like, like what the platform looks like, how to move around it, all of that kind of thing. And we'll touch on how to move from GA3 to GA4. So a bit around the why, a bit about the what, and a little about the how. So first of all, why is all of this happening? Like, why are we going through all of this incredible pain? I'm sure it's not because Google are super sadistic. This is the choice with base. Is it Google Analytics 4 or is it Google Analytics 4? Well, of course, the answer is it's Google Analytics 4. That's the choice that we have. And uh, any resistance to that choice is futile. Um, but it's a big opportunity, like I said. So why are we doing all of this? Why do they want to? Why do they want to move across? Well, there's a number of um, advantages that Google Analytics 4 has over Google Analytics 3. So you might have seen with ChatGPT, Google's version of that, which is Bard, AI and machine learning has come on leaps and bounds since Google Analytics 3 was created. Google, like all big tech platforms, has a lot more capabilities, a lot more uh, understanding of data points. Big data and data science are much more established disciplines than when GA3 was created quite a number of years ago, really, in, in sort of tech land. So there's an awful lot of features and data that they can present to you that just isn't part of GA3. 
Um, so capabilities are far ahead of what the platform GA3 can really sort of um, provide to us. So Google is making a big step forward in um, making those machine learning capabilities part of the new platform and giving them to you, the end user, in the form of really actionable data. J4 is much better integrated with Google's various suite of platforms, in particular Google Tag Manager, which we'll touch on in a, in a little bit. Um, obviously, they have a big suite of other platforms like um, Ads360, Google Ad Grants, Google Ads, obviously even the Google Workspace um, setup. They have a whole big suite of, um, of platforms that you can be using. GA4 integrates even better with all of those platforms. So those kind of various backend connection points are just stronger, more robust, and unlock much more data for you, the end user. There's an awful lot of privacy updates that are happening in the course of all of this, um, especially with kind of moved to sort of first-party cookies and losing third-party cookies. GA4 has this privacy um, respecting kind of environment much better baked into the setup. And like machine learning, the kind of environment, I suppose, around privacy has just come on so much more um, since J3 actually was in place. So it's a new environment and they're trying to create a new platform. Um, finally, just because, I mean, this is not the first time that Google has killed a big product and left everyone sort of throwing their arms up in despair and dismay. That's how tech makes all of these big moves forward. It's by killing the past and creating something entirely new um, in its in this place, so we just got to roll with punches. So what is Google Analytics for? What does it look like? What is it even all about? Okay, so um, you might you wouldn't need to see all of this, but it's really just a quick screenshot of kind of what uh, everything looks like. Essentially, it's very similar to Google Analytics 3 in many respects. I'll come into some of the differences, um, but this is just a quick overview of what like a particular page might look like on Google Analytics 4. A lot of the terminology is similar, but really it's just a Google Analytics platform again. It's something that talks to you about the performance of a particular data stream, as they're now calling views. That could be an app. It's more likely to be your website. Uh, it's going to tell you about the performance of your website. It's going to tell you what people are doing on that website. And it's going to give you, hopefully, some data that you can make some really important decisions on. Well, what's the same? Because obviously lots is different, but what's actually the same? Well, I mean, you know, this this is still a platform that tracks website data. Um, it's got lots of information that will uh, that, that you can act on. Um, a lot of the traffic sources that you're talking about are very much the same. You know, the social tracking sources, Google Ads, Source and Medium, um, Campaign, a lot of the terminology that you'll be familiar with from Google Analytics 3 is pretty much still there. That's that's all true, and there's, there's nothing too crazily different if you're approaching it from a relatively kind of top-level point of view. Conversions are still a thing, and being goal-focused is still something Google wants to encourage you to be, so that's still very much part of the deal. And really, most terminology has not taken a massive hit. It's still broadly the same as it was. You'll be in relatively familiar territory with a lot of this stuff. So... Um, don't be too afraid of going to GA4. A lot of what you are familiar with in GA3 has survived the transition. What's different? Well, without going into far too much detail, the backend setup is, is kind of different. Uh, a lot of the data points are slightly different. How GA4 is set up, um, how things are collected. Like some of that is definitely different. Um, so yeah, uh, some of the terminology is a little bit different, which we're going to come on to in a minute, the specific ones, 
And some of the reporting categories are a little bit different too. Um, I'll explain kind of the model that they are using for these reporting categories um, in a second. But yeah, that's something that's a little bit different um, as well. Google Tag Manager is something that's not different, but the relationship between Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics, I guess, is a little bit different as well. So in Universal Analytics, Google Tag Manager, it was useful, but like it wasn't essential. Um, if you're not familiar with GTM, Google Tag Manager, um, it's a sort of easy way of managing the code related to your websites without getting things too sort of on top of each other. Um, so you could have a perfectly good setup in uh, Universal Analytics without using Google Tag Manager. So you could use like the old school um, destination goal, destination page goal in uh, Universal Analytics. That had similar functionality to some aspects of GTM. But now in GA4, GTM is a pretty integral part, really, of your Google Analytics setup, particularly if you're doing things like custom event tracking and enhanced um, e-commerce, which will be particularly important Like if you have an online shop, for example. Um, we'll talk a bit about events um, in a second. Um, but if you're doing anything remotely customizable, then GTM is a really important part uh, of your setup. There are certain things you can do out of the box, and GA4 has a bunch of those. Um, but now is a, a good time to get whoever does your development stuff to get their heads around GTM so that you can unlock some of the potential that lies within. Um, so this is a classic quote about events from Harold Macmillan uh, regarding uh, what could potentially derail his government. He replied, events, dear boy, events. Well, over in Google Analytics 4, it's all about events, essentially. Google Analytics 4 is very event-based. An event is nothing more complicated than something that happens on your website. Um, Google Analytics 4, a big change in that is that kind of any interaction that someone has on your website can now be considered an event. That kind of replaces the, the sort of hit type function that you would have been more familiar with in GA3, um, Universal Analytics. Going way back in the early days of websites, you might have seen these little hit counters on websites that publicly showed how many hits that web page had had, regardless of how many people were responsible for those hits. Um, so you can think things like page views, e-commerce, social, user timing, all of these things are not classified in that kind of catch-all category of event in GA4. Now, the benefit of any interaction being deemed an event means the GA4 comes with real customizability on event tracking. Now, our, our analysts say that that means you can track pretty much anything you like on your website. Anything that somebody is doing on your website can become a custom event. So the way to think about that, uh, and we'll touch on this again later, but we'll really encourage you to think about what your charity's strategic objectives are. How can different metrics in GA4 give you those necessary insights to assess your progress against those metrics? There's so many things that it can unlock and so many bits of data in GA4, just like in GA3, um, that you can look at. Um, but you really want to assess what your charity is there to do, what your strategic goals are, and um, how the events can actually match those, and which events specifically to ignore. You can do an awful lot of custom events um, tracking to assess those metrics, but there are so many out-of-the-box events in GA4, it's a joke. So that's normally comprehensive enough. Um, so you'll see an awful lot of customizability in that area. I see a question has come through, which is when we move to GA4, will we lose all current setups, goals, events that we have already set up? So I'll come on to um, this a little bit later, sort of, 
Um, depending what the goals and events are, if you uh, leave it to the auto migration, you might is, is the short answer. Uh, you need to look at exactly what the goals and events are. It is a little bit like the, the guy with the random boxes. Some of the goals might not be breakables. They might be paper that makes it onto that kind of conveyor belt in a box by being thrown. No problem. And it's totally fine. But some of the events might be your finest china and it might get into a box. You throw it onto the conveyor belt and break completely. The only way to be sure, and I'll touch on this later, is to do a managed migration. That's where you have someone planning the migration for you, running GA4 alongside your universal analytics property in parallel for the next few months, making sure everything is mapped across and done properly. That's the kind of only way to be absolutely sure, essentially. Uh, keep these questions coming. I'll, I'll sort of get to them as we go along. I'm going to have to save everything for the end. We're just going to explain Google's sort of marketing model briefly because it is kind of relevant to how they've set up GA4. This is called See, Think, Do, Care. You might have seen things like attention, interest, desire, action, or desire and conversion. This is kind of their version. C is the large, imagine you're a shoe shop and you only sell adult men's shoes. Your largest addressable qualified audience, which is people at the C stage, would be any man, any man, um, that's age 18 and above who lives in the UK. That's the, the people who could possibly be interested in what you have to sell. The think stage is your largest addressable qualified audience with some commercial intent. That's me walking down the street going, oh, my heel's a bit sore. I should probably replace these shoes at some point. The largest addressable qualified audience with loads of commercial intent is the do stage. That's me walking down the streets like happened to be one time and one of my shoes simply falls apart there and then and I immediately need a new pair of shoes. Um, I'm ready to buy a new pair of shoes there and then. And then finally, the care stage, which is current customers with two commercial transactions or, or more. Um, your aim as a charity is to move people through that kind of funnel and to try to measure uh, how engaged people are at different stages of their journey, giving them the content that they need to be inspired to move to the next stage of the funnel. Um, so that sort of mirrors the way they set up Google Analytics for in a, in a certain way. Um, so this is broadly kind of what it looks like. Um, I'll zoom in a little bit on the sort of left-hand menu here. So you'll see that they've got a life cycle at the top, which sort of is similar to that C thing to care model. We've got acquisition, which you'll be familiar with. Then you've got an engagement stage. So that's people being engaged in your website. Um, we'll talk about what that looks like in a sec. Then they talk about monetization, which is an awfully dirty word for the, for the charity sector, kind of monetizing people. It's kind of very dehumanizing in some way. But what they're trying to get across is that this is effectively a business tool. Um, and for charities, monetization might take the form of um, shop transactions and donations, effectively. Um, they can You can get money from other um, sources, but that's, that, that would be a good overview of what that looks like. So the life cycle is where people are coming from, how engaged they are with your content, and then how you actually make money from them um, as a person. So engagement rate is probably one of the one of the many things that is different, but is probably worth pulling out um, on its own. So you might be familiar with the term bounce rate. Bounce rate was the percentage of people who would come to your website and then leave without going to any other page. So they might come to your website through search, might Google something, come to your page, go, oh, that's not interesting, and then bounce from that page um, completely. Google are flipping that on their head a little bit. They're not really going to talk about bounce rates too much. It's still technically a thing, but they've kind of flipped it from being a negative thing to being a positive thing, and they're now calling it engagement rate. Engagement rate is a session that lasted at least 10 seconds 
had at least one conversion event happen during uh, the visit or had at least two page, two page or screen views. Um, bounce rate is effectively now the percentage of sessions that weren't engaged. So you'll see here the engagement rate for, uh, for this website here was 73.29%. So that's the percentage of visitors who came who were broadly engaged, essentially. They were looking at different pages, they converted through one of your goals, um, or they uh, stayed on the website for at least 10 seconds or so. So they're trying to think of this in a much more kind of positive way, like what percentage of people who came to your website were actually engaged. That's getting you, the person who runs the website, to create more engaging content, to create a, a journey through your website that's interesting for the user, um, and gets you to measure that through engagement rate. Okay, so another question. So do reports and dashboards work in a similar way? Well, I'm glad you asked me that because I'm just coming on to something similar to that. Um, dashboards specifically, um, I would really encourage you to set these up in, uh, well, Looker Studio. It was Google Data Studio. Um, they, I don't know why they changed the name of this because Looker Studio is nowhere near as good and descriptive and cool signing as Data Studio. But there you go. It's called Looker Studio. And um, that's much more customizable in terms of its data sources and in terms of how visual it looks. Um, so if you've got kind of customized dashboards, then I would really encourage you to get them set up in there. There are reports within GA4, uh, which we'll have a, a look at one or two in, in, uh, in a minute. I would say for most Google Analytics for users in charities, they're slightly overkill. Like you can really get a huge amount of data from them and you can really drill into really specific detail. There's a quote that really sticks with me, and I really hope it sticks with you too, which is that data um, without action is just trivia. So we've got a lot of data here in GA4, and you can be telling your, your um, colleagues, oh, did you know that our engagement rate is 73.29%? If you don't take some action off the back of that data, you're just kind of passing the time with a bit of trivia. Um, so really you want to focus on the metrics that you're actually going to take some, some action on. You might find, might find maybe your donation conversion rate is, you know, 5% or something. If you know that it's 5%, you go, well, that's too low. We need to make more people convert to donors. And therefore you take some action by changing the content of the page, setting up customized reports in data studio is more likely to give you, um, data that you're going to take action on. Um, saying all that, there is some stuff that you can do. So uh, on the left-hand side here, you've got home, um, which would pull through some some reports that it thinks you might be interested in. Reports, which was the section we're just in with engagement and so on. Um, Explore is where you can see some of those reports. Uh, in a weird order, I'll come on to that in a sec. Um, advertising is another section you've got here. So. Um, Google really wants your use of Google Analytics 4 to be kind of the hub for all of your paid media and your advertising. They hope that you're going to be spending thousands and thousands of pounds on Google Ads, at the very least on your Google Ad Grants, and it really wants you to measure the effectiveness of all of those channels within the central hub that is Google Analytics. So this is what you'll get, a quick snapshot when you click into advertising. You'll be familiar with some of these terms already. I'll tell you how many people have come through paid search through display, organic search, you know, by coincidence, all Google channels, I'm sure. Um, you will still see that classic um, direct channel on there. Now, in theory, that's people who came directly to your website that went straight to the URL because they already knew it or they'd been to it before and they were simply coming back. Um, direct is also a little bit of a catch-all term as well as standing for direct. It can stand for don't know, essentially. There's all sorts of cookies and 
various data bits and bobs that mean even the mighty Google might not know exactly where somebody came from when they came to your website. So um, that's something to be aware of as well. Um, so yeah, onto the reports. Um, so they're calling them explorations and they really encourage you to do some of these freeform explorations within J4. Um, what you do is you click into the explorations tab and you sort of scroll along here. You get a little preview of what each of the explorations might look like and it gives you a little sort of hint, sort of a teasing hint to get you into the exploration and getting you exploring the data within it. Um, so for example, you've got a freeform exploration where you can start getting really tailored about what kind of data you want to pull out. You've got the funnel exploration, you know, what user journeys can you analyze, segment and break down with multi-step funnels. You've got the path exploration or what user journeys can you uncover with these graphs. Some of these are much or muchness in terms of their um, displaying broadly the same data, which is how did people progress through your website and why did they drop off, but visualizing them in different ways. Um, I don't think I um, put it as a screen grab, but there is a good one, which is a, a Venn diagram style, whereby it gives you like sort of two uh, overlapping circles. So that can tell you something more about the people who came to your website. So it will say, um, you know, some demographics wise, because it will make some assumptions on this, how many 16 to 24 year olds came that are also very engaged users. And then very visually you're seeing, you know, how, how can I split out my demographics by engagement? And what can that tell me about what action I might need to take for specific segments of, of visitors who come to my website? Cool. Uh, I'll just jump into another question, which has come from Tony. How do I know if my GA4 is set up to correctly? When I click through to sections, it says no data available. Um, well, that probably answers your question. That definitely suggested it's not set up correctly, um, that the data stream from the website itself isn't pulling through to your GA4 property. The best way of sorting that out is getting the gold star removal service people um, in. I, I'm going to touch on the different options you've got for migrating to GA4 um, shortly, but honestly, the best way of doing that is to get um, uh, you had to get an expert in. You can look at the back end of your website, look at the code setup, GTM setup if you have that, um, and make sure it's all set up correctly that way. The alternative, I don't necessarily recommend this because it is like the um, throwing the boxes onto the um, conveyor belts thing. You can just wait till the 1st of July and then uh, hopefully everything will just be set up correctly from there on. Don't recommend it, but it's definitely one of your options. Um, cool. Another question. How much time ballpark do you think it would take us to reconfigure to J4? Do you need to have a digital team slash expert to do this? Um, Definitely can't give you a definitive answer to how long it will take to reconfigure to GA4. It's essentially saying, how long will it take my car to pass its MOT? Uh, it very much depends on the state that your car turned up to the garage in, and uh, the developer won't know that until they've like, flipped the hood and seen what's going on in the engine. So it could be a couple of hours and you know very little bother at all. It could be many days because you have such a customized setup that you, that you need in place. Um, so sorry, I can give you a more definitive answer on that. It does just depend where your setup is. Do you need to have a digital team expert to do this? Um, no is the short answer, If you, but only if you are that expert yourself. Like you can move to J4 yourself and I'll, I'll come to the help page that Google have on this. Um, it is possible and you can definitely do it. 
I wouldn't recommend it. And not just because we do these, we are actually um, backed up on Google Analytics for migration. So I'm definitely not here to, to sell our services. Um, but I just think that it's such an important area and that it's, it's best to have someone who really knows what they're doing, poking around in the, in the back end of your website because it can get, um, yeah, it can get, it can get, it can get messy. Some of that code stuff. Cool. So um, I'm going to talk a bit about the attribution model within um, Google Analytics 4. Now, an attribution model, if you're not familiar with it, is the, the model that uh, Google Analytics 4 or indeed any analytics platform um, gives to giving credit to the various steps in a journey that someone takes when they donate with you. So let's imagine someone comes through in a very simple journey. They see one of your social media posts. They click through to your website, have a look around your website. And then a couple of days later, they Google your organization name. They see a Google ad, come to your website again and donate. Now, which, um, which channels do you think should have the credit for the donation at the end? And in what order and in what proportion? That's, that sort of argument is known as an attribution model, essentially. Um, the typical one, the most common one before this has been called the last click attribution model whereby in the example I just gave, Google Ads would get the most credits or more or less all the credits for that conversion because it was the last click that the user took before they converted on your website. Now, the, the attribution model really is a way of organizing data, but this is data you could really take action on because if you are like a big charity and you're managing many thousands of pounds in Google Ads spend, for example, you need to know how effective those channels are before you decide how much to spend on them. Um, so the attribution model uh, is a really important point in GA4. Uh, if you don't have that data, you don't really fully understand the importance of a campaign or a channel in converting users. But Google Analytics 4 has something called a data-driven attribution model, which is sort of new um, to the platform. It's not actually a new term, and it did actually exist in universal analytics, but it was really limited. But GA4's version of the data-driven attribution model effectively uses machine learning to assess hundreds of data points to really understand your typical conversion path that users have before assigning credit to a number of channels and campaigns that users interacted with based on GA4's evaluation of, like, of how important that channel or campaign was in converting. Now, the longer GA4 has been set up, the more data it can collect over time. And then the more data it collects over time, the more it learns about the specifics of your users, the specifics of your site, and then the more accurate it becomes and the more accurate information you get on how effective your various channels are and how much money you should be spending on them effectively. So that gives you the chance to make really informed decisions about what campaigns and channels are underperforming or performing well. And it can inform decisions to like invest or even divest in certain channels or campaigns. Uh, this is a key one. If you think about the types of funding you get in the charity digital team, um, you know, it's typically unrestricted funding. And where does unrestricted com funding come from? It comes from people running marathons, setting up um, community events. It comes from very generous donors. But it came, you know, it came hard. It was difficult to get some people literally blood, sweat and tears trying to, to get it to you. It's really important that you spend that money well. Um, and Google Analytics data-driven attribution model is an opportunity to um, spend that money really well. So I'm just going to take a little bit of an example here. I'm not going to look at all of this data because there's too much to share. But in this example, 
And um, what it does is on the left hand side columns, you've got the attribution model, last click model, the cross channel last click model for these two. So it shows you the conversions and then the revenue attached to each of those conversions for different types of channels. And it's comparing that then to the attribution model cross channel data driven. So it's basically saying, here's what last click data says is going well in these channels and how much money they're bringing in. But here's what the data driven attribution model is showing. Um, and then it shows you the difference between the two, like what volume of conversions is different and what volume of revenue, like what's the difference in revenue. I'm just going to take your uh, attention to the paid shopping line, which in this example has a difference of only 2.58%. Um, but the difference in revenue is something like 53%. Now, if you were relying on the last click model, you'd think, oh, do you know what, paid shopping is not actually um, that important in terms of the revenue it brought in from last click. So I'm not getting too much revenue from um, people who went to a shopping island and then um, bought something. Um, but when you get more data points from a data-driven attribution model, you can see it's actually a 53% difference. It doesn't tell you exactly why there's a 53% difference because it's not showing you all of those data points. Google does still like to keep a lot of that secret. But just to get across the points that it's a much more accurate model. And this in this example, you should be continuing to invest in paid shopping, not just because you would get the revenue you get from like the last click version of it, but because when people see the paid shopping ads or click on the paid shopping ads, they will still typically convert a lot on other channels. So if this organization took away the spend that it was making on paid shopping ads, then it would be very likely to see a drop in some of the uh, revenue from other channels as well, because it's a multi-touch funnel. Um, people will come to lots of different channels before they eventually convert, just like you do on um, on any other um, platform. All right, a bunch of questions coming through. So uh, let's see what we can get to. Okay, so one question is, what sort of budget do we need to work with an expert to help us with the move? It depends how much that expert charges. It depends how much work you're expecting them to do. Um, it depends how big your Google Analytics setup is it depends exactly how customized you want it at the end so i know that's a really annoying answer but it is the honest answer um several thousand pounds would not be unheard of i would say um if you've got a cheap freelancer or you've got in-house expertise or crucially if this is part of your website agency's sla which would be great if it was because then it's it's effectively free because you're already paying them this money um then that would be ideal because then you have access to developers who can effectively do this for you. Um, but yeah, in the thousands wouldn't be unheard of, but it really just depends. Could be more, could be less. Question from Chris. Uh, we set up GA4 for our online shop using a pre-made container from an agency that they graciously provided online for free, but this was a while ago. Do you think there are going to be a lot more changes to GA4 in the coming 18 months or so? Don't want our current setup to be out of date very soon. Oh, man, wouldn't it be great if I could sit here and guarantee that there'll be no more changes to a Google platform in the future 18 months? Uh, I definitely cannot and would be mad to guarantee something uh, like that because I bet you there will be changes. I don't know specifically what they are, uh, but in terms of setting up J4 from a premium container that's an agency provided for free, if that's provided, if the data stream is robust and you're collecting data, well, I mean, that should be fine. Any changes that Google set up from here on in, I'd love to think, and definitely don't guarantee, but I'd love to think would just be front-end changes and you'll just get to see some lovely juicy data. In terms of the back-end connection, like that setup should still be fine. I mean, um, 
definitely no guarantees on anything I've just said, but that's that's my um that's my ill-informed opinion for now. Um cool. Question from Jay. Hi, I've migrated to GA4. Good job, Jay. Uh, but when I log into GA Universal, the following message appears at the top of the page. In July 23, this property will stop processing data starting March 23 for continued website measurement. Migrate your original property settings to GA4, or it'll be copied for you to an existing GA4 property for using existing site tags. Is this a standard message, or does Google not recognize we have migrated? Uh, I think it truncates the message from there. It is a standard message and everyone on this call recognizes that text because you're probably all getting it um, every time you log into Universal Analytics. So it's not going to recognize you have migrated necessarily because um, you'll be running these two in parallel. Um, so yeah, I would not worry about that. If you've migrated and you're collecting and this data is coming through J4, that is the main thing. Um, oh, sorry, I see the rest of the message now. Uh, will the automatic migration take place anyway and overwrite my work completed in J4? I mean, it shouldn't. I, I mean, I, I don't know the details of your migration, but if you have GA4 that is collecting data, then all it's going to do is kill the J3 property, which everyone is going to have anyway. So yeah, that's it. Um, so I don't think it would overwrite your work, but I, without seeing the details and without being a developer myself, then no guarantees, but that just looks like the automatic message that every UA property is displaying at the moment. All right, uh, onwards and upwards. How to move? Um, I mean, I've touched on this a few times already, but broadly, here are your options. You've got big, happy, smiling, gold star service removal guy here with his thumbs up and his um, pretty whites and his really neat box. That is an agency, your website agency, a developer, um, or anyone else with the tech and dev skills um, to move you across, doing it all for you and getting your very customized setup across all in one piece. It is the best way. Uh, I know I would say that because it's a service we provide, but it is definitely the best way because it's um, careful and it's planned and it's a great opportunity to unlock the data in your uh, analytics accounts that you most desperately need. Um, you do have the option um, to do the auto-migration on the 1st of July. Um, so you will have a new uh, GA4 property um, set up for you on the 1st of July. Um, and when that, date, when that date comes, the old property will stop uh, collecting data. You will uh, have a GA4 property that will be roughly the same as what you had in, in Universal Analytics in the sense that the data we've talked about will appear there. Um, but not necessarily in exactly the same way. So the more customizability or customization you have in GA3, the more important it is to use the happy, smiling um, Gold Star migration service. If you're happy that you didn't really do anything with Universal Analytics, then you know you might be okay with the auto-migration. Um, you can do it yourself is the other thing. Uh, so there are help files on this. If you just Google, you know, move to Google Analytics um, 4, these are some of the steps that you get, and it gives you an idea of how um, complex a uh, step each step is. So you can see, consider your account structure, the effort will vary. Um, create a GA4 property and data stream, that's very low effort. Collect the website and app data, if applicable, effort varies. You can see that's just a variation on the message I've been giving to some of the questions here. It really depends on how complex your setup is as to how complex each of these stages are. Set up conversions, low effort with the Google Goals migration tool. So they do have some tools along, uh, along these lines. 
Um, once you've done all this, you'll want to link to things like Google Ads, particularly if you're running any Google Ads grants, ad grants campaigns. Um, you want to migrate audiences, validate conversions. It does give you steps to do this yourself. Um, so given that everyone has learned all all things that they know in digital, basically through experience and through giving things a good old go. In theory, this is one of those things and you could migrate everything yourself. In practice, things can go wrong, I would say. Um, so if you have the, op the option to uh, move things across in a really planned way, then that's a really good thing to do. If you have the confidence to send it, to move it across yourself and you don't have a very complex setup, it is definitely an option to, to do it yourself. Um, now it sort of depends on what your role is as to what your next steps are. If you're a stat dabbler, as I like to call them, so someone who doesn't really use Google Analytics in any particularly detailed way, then you can just get stuck into the demo account right now. So in your Google Analytics 3, Universal Analytics, if you look at the different accounts that you've got, you will automatically see one called Demo Account. That demo account is a GA4 account, and it's where some of the screen grabs that I used for this presentation came from. It's for an app and a website called Floodit, whatever that is, but it's a, it's a made-up website, so it doesn't really um, matter what it is. Um, but you could have a look around in there. You can look at all the different reports I just mentioned. You can get used to the uh, setup that they've got there. Um, you can get familiar with some of the language. Some of it won't make lots of sense because some of it is for the app that they have. Most charities don't have apps. I'd be surprised if too many people here had an app. Um, but you can definitely have a look at that um, and get used to it while you're doing everything. Um, if you're a migrator, then yeah, you just want to plan to do it. That's either doing it yourself, doing it in-house or outsourcing it either through your website agency or a specific freelancer or agency. Um, and if you're a manager that's kind of managing a team of people who give you Google Analytics stats, then really kind of planning your attribution model is probably a good use of your time. If you're not doing migration yourself or just even dabbling in any of the stats, you should be thinking about some of the strategic things that are involved in an attribution model. You know, are these things that you want to think about yourself or are they things that um, others should think about? kind of sort of theoretical strategic thing that you want to link to your charity's objectives as, as much as you can. Yeah, there's a demo account. So you'll see in admin, uh, if you select the account that you're looking at, you'll see demo accounts, get stuck into that. It's a really good way of getting to understand everything. Run the two in parallel over the coming months. If you can, it can really help you to understand how Google Analytics for collects data and how it reports differently to UA. A lot of the calculations, as we said, run things like bounce rates and sessions are now different. So you'll see quite quickly that comparing Universal Analytics to Google Analytics 4 is a bit like comparing apples and oranges. You know, they are fruits. You're definitely comparing fruits, um, but they are quite different, I would say. Um, but that's definitely something you can do for the next three months at least. Um, yeah. Uh, so if you want to get some good training, Jellyfish is a really good agency that does uh, Google Analytics for reporting training. This will be most useful when you have moved across, I would say. You know, you can use a demo account to get uh, familiar with everything, but the data you want to get familiar with is your data, I would say. So once you've moved everything across, then this is a really good course to go on. Not especially cheap. Um, I think it's about 500 quid, um, but a really good quality session. Um, and I'm sure that it can unlock more than 500 quid worth of data from uh, from the session. Um, but that's definitely a good next step once you have kind of moved everything across. Or you can use great agencies like ours, but as I mentioned, we haven't got lots of capacity on that side of things, but we can definitely queue up um, if needed. 
once again, this is happening because uh, Universal Analytics is kind of out of date. There's an opportunity to unlock more data from, uh, from your analytics. Google Analytics 4 is a new version of app and website uh, data analysis, and it's got a similar but different front end and terminology. Hard to move, use, um, use an agency, your web agency or in-house developers if you happen to have them uh, or have a go at doing it yourself. So that's the end of the kind of formal bit. Um, so that's kind of the main sort of slides that I have. Uh, if we have any kind of other questions, I am happy to kind of chat through them. I believe uh, Alex is coming. Here we go. Hey, Alex. Hey, hey, Matt. You know what? I feel already slightly more in control and not as lost with the whole like GA4 uh, conversation. Thank you. That was really, really useful um, and particularly useful. I don't know where everyone else is at. It sounds like some people in the chat um, are further ahead than uh, we are at Fundraising Everywhere. But um, it was definitely useful for me to have that really like broad overview of the kinds of things to expect, uh, what to look out for, and also your really helpful pointers um, as to training and whatnot. Um, one thing that had been worrying me a little bit is, um, as I'm sure many of the attendees today can sympathize with, um, there's always a lot on, <laughs> lots of work and um, things like this that are like really, really important because sometimes, I don't know, feel a little bit too far in the future and then you're like, oh no, crap, like, you know, we're really getting close to that. We need to, we need to start working on that. March was a date that I saw in um, the emails I was getting from Google. Um, it's not, and obviously the switch is happening in July, but it's when's too late is my question for us to be uh, looking at stuff. I mean, it's never too late because if you leave it till July, you'll just get moved over automatically anyway. So it's, uh, and the, unless you opt out specifically in settings, which you can do, then your universal analytics property will stop collecting data. Um, I mean, get started as as soon as you can. Is is that? Is is all it's is all it is really? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I have seen another question in the chat box from Tony, um, which is: so, if my GA four has been set up incorrectly, is there a way to salvage it and connect it up again? Which is a really really good question. Yeah, good question, Tony. I mean, the easiest, again, without seeing it, if there's a small change that needs to be made, then you can make small change. You can just set up another GA4 property and start again. Um, I would okay, say if it's been open correctly and it's easier to start it from scratch, then then great. Um, but if it's a small edit, then you can do it that way. But if it's a big edit, then yeah, maybe not. Start again. Okay. Um, another thing as well, um, before... I'll, I'll keep an eye on. If you do have any other questions, um, do pop them in the chat box. Otherwise, I will ask my final question, um, which is you hope you helpfully mentioned um, that you can have a play on the demo, like GA4 site. Um, I tried to have a little look on our, G, on our Google account when you said that, and I couldn't find it. Where am I looking? So the demo. Uh, I, look, I thought I had it open in another tab, but bear with me a second. I'll find you in session. That'd be really helpful. I um, believe because... it this. Uh, I think you have another question come through. Do you want to answer that while uh, I dig in? Yeah, I'll read out the next question. Um, let me pop that in. Da -na -na. 
So yeah, thank you very much, Emma, for that question. Um, so Emma says, thanks, Matt, that was helpful. When I last looked into GA4, it said that we needed to install a tag, um, brackets a piece of code, on our website, which I've sent to our web developer to install. Once this tag is installed, will the data start being collected in GA4? Should do, if you've been told the right piece of code and your web developer has installed it and it's all good. But yeah, I mean, that's broadly all that needs to happen for any website um, to collect it into GA4. Ideally, you'd be installing the code through GTM instead, which is kind of like a big holding uh, pot, essentially, yeah. for all of your various bits of code to make sure they play together nicely. Um, okay, Derek, best to do it in, in uh, Google Tag Manager. Ideally, yeah, but I know no. it's quite complicated, so yeah, okay. So I'm not, sorry, I, I'm not actually sharing my screen. I'm just popping into another tab to tell you where to to look at it. So in analytics, in, in, yeah. in analytics accounts is probably where you should be able to, to see this. Um, Admin. Oh, it's at the bottom, bottom left with a little settings cog. Yeah, so analytics accounts should be an option for you. And then it's properties and apps after that. Um, when you click demo accounts, um, properties and apps should say GA4 flood it. GA4 um, Google Merchandising Store, and then it's got Comparison UA Google Merchandising Store as well. But again, just like everything, just Amazing. Google, how do I get the Google Analytics for a demo account? Amazing. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Um, well, we've got three minutes to go, um, and I know that people are very busy and we'll have other meetings to get to. Um, so I just like to say, yeah, another huge thank you on behalf of everyone for coming to talk to us today, Matt. Uh, really, really enlightening. Um, Matt, people can find you on the usual places. Yeah. Um, in Twitter, on LinkedIn, um, you're just Matt Collins on LinkedIn. Just Matt Collins on LinkedIn, uh, slash charity marketing, I think is my um, LinkedIn URL, but it's just Matt at platypusdigital.com. If anyone wants to email me, happy to chat. Amazing. Thank you so much, Matt. So lovely to see you and hope to see you soon. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me. Bye. See ya.